All right, we are recording. Taylor Trask here with me. Todd A. Todd A. And you're listening to the Todd and Taylor Show. Uh, but for now, for now, yeah, exactly. For now, we are, we're we're debating names as we speak, and we've gotten a few suggestions, even from our our very first sort of episode zero, the the primordial goo that this show is coming out of. Out of we've we've got a few people who've gave us some suggestions. What what are they? Uh, the first suggestion we have is Todd Lore. Todd Lore. Kind so, of a kind of a mashup of our names there. Sounds like um, I feel like that's if there's a if there's a super virus that wipes out humanity, it might be the Todd Lore virus. We'll be like, oh, yes, not, you know, and then uh, and we'll be we'll be very sad about this. Right. <laughs> we'll look back on that day like we should have never named our podcast that. So Todd Lore's is one. At, I, I I sort of like that though. It's it's you know it's obvious. Yeah. Um, what? I mean, why not Tayod? Tayod. <laughs> Toddler and well, Tayod. Yeah. Honestly, we had we had talked before we even recorded the first one about um, uh, possibly using our our names in some geeky fashion because you are Trask and there's right. of course uh, what's his name Trask, uh, Boulevard by, Trask. by Tyrion Lannister. Yeah. In uh, X Men: Days of the Future Past, the Trask Industries. Yeah. Um, and I'm Mr. Anderson, which. Uh, even just today, someone referenced to me. <laughs> nice, see? <laughs> Which is like literally I get, you know, every week. <laughs> I was going to say, after The Matrix came out, you must have just been like, God damn it. Cause, Which like, was hilarious because I didn't see The Matrix for probably a year what? after it came out. Wow. And then and then after that, I was like, meh, and I never saw the other ones. Yeah, so, well, that's, that's, that's probably best. Um, right. <laughs> that's, you know what, let's, let's add that to a future episode because I have... I have an entire like uh, dissertation on <laughs> what the Matrix could have been, uh, and like there's elements of the second one that I was like, oh, this is where they're headed, and then they just so didn't, and I'm like, okay, I so that's, yeah, we'll put that in the vault for another 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 day. I just did that. I just added it to the vault. Excellent. But what's there was another episode title that somebody suggested that I thought was oh yeah. So uh, then we then um, a a Twitter friend of mine, Jocelyn Jane Taylor, suggested TNT. TNT. Which to which I responded, it's like you're reading my mind because we had just made these show notes where I called them TNT. Yeah, yeah. That's, um, there's something fortuitous about that. I you know, I, I I like ACDC. I'm down yeah. with with that, but um, it's you know maybe it's a little too on the nose or something. Yeah. So when I responded to her with that, she or um, I responded with thanks, not not <laughs> not uh, uh, not no thanks. Um, and uh, so she then suggested we could be heroes, uh, oh. that which I said was a great yeah. title because it's uh, it's not o- there's not only we like kind of a could be heroes just it's, for yeah. one day. <laughs> what there's you it. say? Ah! Sorry, that's I. Dave, if you haven't listened to David Bowie's live album yet, go grab that on whatever music service of choice you have and listen to that song because the live version of we can be heroes i like that's my morning jam that's that's why when you said that i was like oh man that's really like, that's okay. part I... of my life in a profound way wow, i didn't even i didn't even realize that that's that's why you responded that way to that that's well that's it's, cool. it's bowie too it's just it's, um he's cool well and i i also brought up that there's like this this lowbrow component to it which is that the wallflowers you know they they did their best on it, and it and it ended up in the Godzilla soundtrack. The uh, Matthew Broderick. I almost said McConaughey. Oh my God! So not even Broderick the new one. I was when you said oh, that. No, I was no, no, thinking no. the like, the one from last oh, year. I'm like, I don't recall that at all. But and no. the Wallflowers are back together. What? Like, all these questions were swirling in my head. <laughs> so this was the 
the the unspoken Godzilla movie. Right. So we have some choices. Um, I, I, honestly, I think what you and I have both found is that anytime we come up with what we think is a cool name, it's like a you know, it's like what bands do now. We Google it and we find out someone's taken it. Yeah. Although I just Googled this. I've been as we've been talking, I've been looking at uh, podcasts coming. We could be heroes, and I don't see a series called that. I only see. You know, like church episode titles, church or something. title, yeah, it's different things like that. So I let's put a pin, let's put a soft pin in that uh, yeah. as a series title because I there's I yeah I like that a lot actually. And then well, uh, if not, we'll we'll keep we'll keep looking. Sure. But uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I, I no, I was probably going to say exactly what you were going to say with the butt, which is uh, maybe we should just get into this. this yeah. We're calling so, episode one. Episode one. The first one. So last episode was episode zero because that was us yeah, just, we were just toying around and seeing what worked and, and all that. But what we want to do at episode one, since it's the first official one, is t- introduce who we are and talk about how we met. And, and I think this goes back to the days of you know when you and I were both. You're in Nashville now, right, actually? Yes. Yeah, and I. I mean, I'm in an that. undisclosed location. Oh, sorry. I, sorry. I move. I move around the. That's right. Country. That's right. Well, at yeah. one point you were in Nashville, as was I, <laughs> um, and we both worked at a company in Nashville, and 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 kind of ran into each other, and we were we were friends. I mean, we didn't hang out all the time, but you know, you were a cool guy, and and you worked with other cool people in your department, so like we were all mutually friendly to each other, and and I think it was cool then. But it seems like after we departed that company, then like we kind of connected more. If, yeah, I'm reco- oh, if I'm recalling correctly. And then I realized much later on that you were just a big old nerd like I am. And we were into a lot of the same stuff. You're a writer. I'm trying to be a writer. Um, and just, I, I think we you're kinda, a writer. I mean, well, you're, you're a writer. You can, you can own that. I'll have to. I, I, need, I feel like to be a writer, I have to have written something. Compl- I completed <laughs> something. And you've completed many things. So I'm, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm almost there. I'm, I'm getting closer. I've, I feel like I'm in the George R. R. Martin camp of like, just takes me a while so i can sympathize yeah. with that guy pretty pretty closely um but anyway yeah so i and then i i moved to denver and you moved to, i moved to orange county california that's right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and then uh we just one thing led to another and we had a series of conversations i guess last year and you know the last every time i've been in nashville we try to meet up and like yeah. every time we meet up it's like we these two hour long like have you seen this have you seen this you know what is that you know and then we're like we should record this and then, and then sooner or later, you you wrote an amazing blog post as we talked about last time about Avengers: Age of Ultron. Please. Actually, no, I I <laughs> I provoke. I always think you came first. I provoked. You provoked it, yes. I provoked it, and you're like, wait till you read this. And I read this. I'm like, dude, we need to just let's just record this stuff right now. So yeah, I I, and I was down with that. That was that was such a good idea. And your geek um, cred runs probably deeper than mine. Like I I came from you know the 1980s as a child of the 80s. Like my introduction to all of this stuff was he-man so i was obsessed <laughs> with the cartoon i was obsessed with the toys the toys came with little comics that was my first introduction to comics um and i'll even i'll even be a, i'm a diehard fan of the of the original 1987 dolph lundgren movie as much as people are like that wasn't he-man i'll, I'll say this much the, the two things from a he-man movie that that i don't care what else happens the two things that have to happen are He-Man has to hold his sword up above his head and say, I have the power, and Skeletor has to be badass. And that movie has both of those things in spades. Like, Frank Langella as Skeletor, even as a little, like, six-year-old kid, I'm like, oh, 
Oh my god! Like it blew me away. And then to find out later on that that was one of Frank Langella's favorite roles he ever played. We're talking about like a, a an Oscar-winning or nominated at least actor, you know, celebrated actor of Frank Langella. And they're like, which was your, you know, what was your favorite role? Was it when you played Nixon? Was it when you played, you know? He's like, no, Skeletor. And I'm like, oh my god, that's that just made me cry almost a little bit. I teared up a little bit when I saw that. Um, and so to know that that was the case, they're gonna remake it. And, and I'm sure it'll be amazing, but I'm like, I still look at that, at that movie as like my like first big, like that was, you know, and then other things too, like back to the future and all sure. that cool stuff from well, the eighties that came out. Firstly, I was completely unaware that there was a He-Man movie. <laughs> what? How have you never? S- oh, oh. <laughs> but secondly, oh. it's so interesting to me that, um, we both got, you know, our, our exposure to comic books came from toys. Yeah. And mine was from G.I. Joe. Uh, and oh, I, the, you know, okay. one of the first comic books I ever picked up, if not the first on my own, was G.I. Joe number 10. I specifically remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember what happens. I'm pretty sure it's Scarlet and Clutch, and they're in this fake town that someone's built, and they're being poisoned in this prison cell and hallucinating from it. It was wild that I read that and then it's only been in the past couple of years that I've read interviews with the creators of that comic book where they acknowledged well we invented the comic book in order to sell the toy which Uh. you know as a kid like I I sort of thought it I I sort of thought everything went in the reverse you know you come Mm -hmm. up with the the story like there's a movie and then they make a toy and then obviously that you know it was kind of the peek behind the curtain that (laughs) um oh i've been manipulated my (laughs) whole life but then Uh, you know then i read a lot when i was uh you know in that in that age of 10 to 14 or something I, i read a lot of comics and um and and then put them away for a while and only picked up the occasional one and uh i don't know eight nine years ago i got into them again earnestly and so when after we recorded episode zero last week, um, we after you had hit stop on the record, you know, on the recording, you continued to tell me about how you had just gotten into comics. Yeah. Um, as an adult, and it dovetailed so nicely with how I got back into them. So yeah. we thought, yeah, yeah. let's just do an entire episode that talks about um, uh, comics. Yeah. And so that's yeah. what we're doing right now. Exactly. So, well, and it's good too because you and I both seem to be sort of in that sweet spot of, of being image fans. Um, yes. And I like I, I mentioned it a little bit on on last time, but my sort of my foray into comics, I was never a big comic kid. Um, I was always sort of like loosely interested in it. Everyone, you know, I'd, I'd stop at the grocery store and there'd be like the rack, and I'd see like you know an alternate Batman sort of cover, you know, like a, a, a Elseworlds cover, and be like, what's Batman dies? What? Like, and just not understanding what was going on at all. My, my only sort of exposure to him was, were those little He-Man comics. And they were, it was cool. And that was actually, it's funny that you mentioned that you're, you sort of had this purest view of, of comics as a kid. And it was only later on that you're like, oh, the, they were meant to sell the toy. Whereas He-Man like unabashedly was like, oh no, no, this is corporate synergy at its <laughs> finest. And we're teaching it to you now, okay, you know, kid. It's like the comic, you know, stories in the comics would introduce a toy that would then be reinforced on the show or vice versa. So like if a character appeared on the show, you're like, he better goddamn well come out as a toy like next week. Right. I need, right. I need to add that toy to my playing, you know, my playing sort of, you know, sk- you know scheme that I had set up. But I was, I was just never really, 
for whatever reason, and this is going to probably, I can just, I can already hear the gasps of people as I say this next thing. I was just never really into the superhero comic thing. I thought it was, I know, I know, at that time, at the time, because I was just like, well, it's just, there just seemed to be too much. I couldn't, I'm like, where do you start? Um, as when I kind of started, I, you know, it was almost like a carnival ride that was going too fast. And every time I tried to jump on, like I was, I got, I, I just got disoriented and I had to jump off again or it kicked me off. Cause I'm like, I don't, you know, what, this has been going on for a while. Does this, is there a start or an end? Like what? And there was nobody living in wall, South Dakota. There was nobody to go, you know, Hey, let me just, let me explain to you how this works. There's no internet. So I couldn't like go on Google and go like, what's, what's, you know, what's the deal here? Where do I jump <laughs> in? Where do I fit in? And so I just was kind of like, I, you know, maybe, and it was only, um, it was only re- very recently, in the last five or six years, when I saw the movie for The Watchmen, and unlike a lot of people, I was like, this, this, what is this? This is amazing. And immediately went and got the graphic novel, because I'm like, I want to see how close it is, I want to see how it's different. And everybody was talking up The Watchmen graphic novel as like one of the pinnacles of of the format. So I'm like, well, I need to understand why that is. I was just intrigued. I was incredibly intrigued. And then I became a fan of Alan Moore. I'm like, what else has he done? Oh, he's done V for Vendetta too. Oh my God, all these things. And that kind of put me on this path to like comics and graphic, the graphic novel format, but to want to find those stories that sort of go a different, go a different way with it kind of are not what you would normally expect. And that led me to image, um, you know, the label that's, that's there. It's all creator owned. Um, I, I was kind of referred to it as the Green Bay Packers of the comic world because it's all it's creator owned. It's got a very very loyal, loyal kind of fierce following. Um, and I've noticed too, like you know, Free Comic Book Day was you know what two three weeks ago, and I've noticed the people who are Image fans are like they they are like died in the wool Image fans. Um, and that might be saying the same for DC or Marvel, but I I will interact with other Image fans, and it's like all they read is Image 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 stuff, and I'm kind of in that same. You know, boat right now, and I know you're not exclusively image, but you're definitely like we were. We were comparing our lists, and I'm like, here's what I'm reading right now, and you're like, here's what I'm reading right now, and it was all image stuff. So yeah. I was like, oh, that's and and it's crazy too because the stuff you're reading, I am not, and vice right. versa. Yeah, it's um, I mean, first of all, that uh, that business setup of being creator owned is it, is it seems to be a very a great model for them to to you know to use, yeah. and I can't. I can't speak really intelligently about how they've done it, but I know that I follow uh, John Lehman and Rob Guillory, who uh, write and draw the comic I read called Chew. Mm-hmm. And you know, I know on on Twitter they've they've made mention at least of um, that you know their responsibility is is to make the comic and sell it. And if it doesn't yeah. sell, then you know they don't have a job. It's it's sort of like the opposite of 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 Batman where the title's going to continue <laughs> whether yeah, that yeah, yeah. writer's on it or not, you know? Um, this and, is the one where Batman poops his pants. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, and like, it's like, you, well, let's do another one next week. No right. one bought that one. Um, yeah, so it's, I, I just, I, I don't know. It's, it kind of raises the stakes a little bit, but it also makes sure that you're getting something that the artist and the writer want to yeah. get. And it's, you know, they're never having to compromise because of the arc of the, you know, the universe's story or, or something like that. Well, here's so. what it is. Here's what it is for me. So, so the thing I'm, it's not all the image titles, but it's a good chunk of them. There's no ads. Um, so it's, uh, you can right. read it start to finish. And if there are ads, a lot of the times they are built around the story. So they're fake ads for something in the universe of the story, which I think is really cool. And then more often than not, I know Dark Horse does this a little bit too, but image seems to be very focused around the design of the of the book. So the covers are very, very 
graphic design intense or there's some kind of angle around the presentation and packaging and like you know Jonathan Hickman who we'll get into is is a is one of those guys and um you know all there's just that you know the wicked and the divine like all those books there's just a very considered sort of look to them that I really and that that even if the even if the writing is crap like I I I'll immediately get sort of interested in that just because they're like this is something that we're intentionally considering start to finish you know yeah. Well, I think that's that's part of that same thing of you know when you buy when you get into an image title, you're getting into the world of that one single yeah. title and that goes from the packaging of, you know, the single issue or the trade paperback all the way to the story. It's like, you know, from the outside in you're getting that that nice capsule of it. Yeah. Well, let's yeah. let's talk about um in cuz one of the things we we clicked on not too long ago when we were talking about this was just our preference on on comic art and this kind of goes yeah. back to my sort of late entry into the game too because i just for whatever reason didn't gel with a lot of the way comics were drawn in the in the 80s and 90s and and largely because my my scope was kind of very narrow i didn't you know i wasn't aware of a lot more than just what i was seeing on on you know newsstands and racks and that kind of thing he-man he yeah he and he-man too yeah and i was sort of like well this must be it but but it seems like even even if the story is really good it feels like, and, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, it feels like you and I are in the same boat of if it's drawn in a way that's not appealing to us, we just can't get into it. It's like I can't read a story for the story's sake if the, if the, if the art is not complementary to it or is not in my sort of wheelhouse of what I like. I will pick up a book with art I like uh, and, and, you know, and, and be into it, but um, even if the writing is not that great. Yeah. But if the art is not good, I won't even pick up the book. Bingo. And yeah. I have the worst example of that, which is um, something you and I have talked privately about, which is V for Vendetta, uh, which yes. is this legendary you know, series um, that's collected as trade paperback these days. Um, but as far as I understand that story was, Alan Moore actually had to work with several different writers, or sorry, he was several different artists, mm -hmm. and it just suffers, you know, it's yeah. like, you, I, I, I just can't, I can't get into it and I hate it. I've tried to read it so many times and my, you know, my eyes just kind of like blur over cause I'm yeah. looking at this art that I hate and then, and then I put it down. Um, and it's, I mean, it's just awful that I feel that way. They pat well, it's, it, it is too bad cause you feel like what's wrong with me? Cause everybody's like, Oh, this is a legendary, this is one of the legendary titles. You're like, yeah. And the movie was, I thought pretty good. So you, you, and I understand the graphic novel is different you know, and kind of the, the details. Um, but yeah, you, you look at, they pack so much into a page and it's, it's, it's very tiny art. It's very hard to kind of see what's going on. And, and I would say there's a lot of similarity between V for Vendetta and um, uh, Dark Knight Returns in that. And I understand Dark Knight, you know, Dark Knight Returns as a story is amazing. Like if you go watch the animated version of it, oh my God. But the, <laughs> the graphic novel version of it, like I just can't deal with, um, Frank Miller's drawing style in that particular book very easily. Like I've tried a few times, and I kind of I kind of have to suffer through it because I'm like, oh, it's, and it's only when it gets to big splash pages that I'm like, okay, I, I dig this. But it's the small. It's it's got a lot of those like very small cells trying to you know pack in a lot of stuff on a page, and it's just not my particular cup of tea. Um, well, so I, I mean, I'll defend that one like to the end because I because that's and we spoke about this in, in the last episode. I, you know, I came to it as an adult. I can't really speak about the history of what was going on at the time when it came out. Mm -hmm. Even though I do 
remember it when I was a kid. It was just, you know, the creepy Batman that I didn't want to be. <laughs> but um, it, uh, creepy you know, as far as I understand now, it's, it's, I mean, he just tore apart the way that you write and illustrate a comic book. Yeah. And yeah. made it. So, and it's, you know, it's especially, I don't, it's especially incredible, I guess, when you look at, I, like, I, I'm, I'm always taken aback by how, um, uh, his Miller's work on like Daredevil, for example, was great, but it it also fit within what you had seen in other comic yeah, books. You know? Whereas yeah. Dark Knight was definitely like this really big statement of this is not going to look like anything you've ever seen, and it's not. Yeah. But you know, and it's it's not the same story that you've ever read. So it um, I can see how it's difficult to get into. Because again, you you talk about when you're you know when you're as an adult and you want to check out some comic books, it's kind of hard to go. Well, what am I going to like? I mean, you don't really know where. What can I get into? How do I jump into the middle of the stream on all these stories? Yeah. Um, yeah. Dark Knight Returns is one of those big ones that you're is inevitably going to come up. Somebody's going to say, "Have you read it?" Oh yeah. And well, do you know, know what helped? Do you know what helped me honestly get my my appreciation of dark the the book the graphic novel went up when I got it as a digital version. Um, because I don't know if you've if you've tried this on the iPad yet, but a lot of these digital versions let you basically the, the cell that you're on it's almost like a shadow box where it's enlarged and there's a darker kind of thing around the rest of it, so you can focus more on each individual cell and not kind of be distracted by the rest of it. And for me, I, that made it a much more pleasing experience because then it's even though I'm not entirely a fan of the the art, I could at least go through it almost more cinematically that way and you can kind of control the pacing and I I understand like that you know the way it's laid on the page especially in the kind of that late 80s era when everybody was experimenting with the the format a lot more that was you know the way your eyes go down the page and the way the page transitions physically is is important to it but that did help me a lot just and so if anybody's out there going oh I don't I'm kind of with you I don't really understand I don't don't get it as much get the try the digital version if that is the case because that does seem to make a difference at least for me (laughs) I, all the purists, if if there oh, are if there are any who who would have ever you know whatever be they're tweeting the this, shit out of me are, right now. That's why I didn't reveal my Twitter handle last time. I'm like oh, we're gonna, <clears> we're going to wait until I've gotten all my my dumb crap out of me and you know out in the open, and then people be like, oh, that's just that's just how he is. That's that's why you're here. See if it was just me rambling on and on, like people would be like, okay, but see you're the you bring the the legitimacy, the credibility. Oh, you're just you're just setting me up for a terrible fall at some endeavor. point. That's what's happening. <laughs> um. Yeah, I uh I don't know, maybe we should maybe we should circle back to that at the end of this. Yeah. Um uh, maybe about those books that that got us into stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, let's do this. Uh, and uh, we're kind of I know I'm I'm sort of uh breaking our we 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 had a format for the show a little bit, but we we kind of keep segueing nicely into different things. Um in terms of act 2 of our little our little show, let's just go back and forth. And each of us talk about, and let's let's try to do them in order, um, starting with our kind of our favorite thing we're reading, and we'll each take a turn, and let's talk about what what you know, and we'll just go until I've got a big old stack sitting next to me, so I'm not going to go through all of them. But um, are we just are we saying it's exclusively image at this point? It doesn't matter. I just say okay. whatever whatever you're reading right now that you're super excited about. Okay. And a lot of mine are going to be, in fact, all of mine except for one thing are going to be image. Um, so that's just kind of the theme of my thing. But whatever whatever you're reading now that you're excited about, and let's just take each take a turn and okay. talk about what it is, why you like it, where you were, you know, the circumstances and, and all that good stuff. And I'll let you okay. go first. 
No, I, th- I think you should go first because you actually have a longer list. Ah, well, <laughs> and well that's... Plus, plus, I want you to start with East of West because yeah, yeah, yeah. we talked well, about that after the episode the other day, and um, I was so intrigued, uh, and I'm definitely going to go in and read it now. Um, so, reason I have so much stuff on my list is I took a vacation a month ago, and I went to Portland. I don't know if you've been to Portland lately, but you type in comic book shop in Google Maps, and you will find a. a, a amazing treasure trove of, sh- of stores and shops that I have never seen anywhere else. I mean, every city's got their shop that's cool, but Portland's got like seven of them. I, I've it, never been to Portland. Oh, my God. And, and I went, and they're all different. Like, one I went into was like a very, very clean, you know, wood wooden floor, very well curated. It was almost like a museum. It was very, you know, good selection, but they were very specific about what they were featuring. Just a really cool experience. Another one I went to was like somebody's hoarder's house. Like, a, a dude who's had this shop for 35 years and you walk down there and I'm not even kidding floor to ceiling just stacked with books and stacked with books you didn't even see the guy sitting on sitting behind the counter because he was hidden by all this inventory they had everywhere but you walk up there and you're like I don't even know how to begin to to explore your store he's like well I'll start with this stack right here and he pointed to a stack sitting right beside him and it was like every single thing in that stack was amazing and I'm like oh my god dude and then I walked out of there with like you know three or four things I was just like god damn it, it that was I, I came back from vacation with like half my bag filled with stuff um, <laughs> so that's probably part of the problem but yeah my my sort of image it's, it's, it's interesting that we start with East of West because my my sort of image fandom begins with Jonathan Hickman and I was uh, over Christmas just in a in a comic book shop back home in Rapid City, South Dakota, and I walked in and there was the East of West sort of annual special issue that was a, a world building issue. I had never heard of the series. I'd never heard of Jonathan Hickman. I was again, I'm still kind of, you know, treading water, trying to figure out what I do like, don't like. It hadn't it was you know, I knew of Image, I knew kind of the different things that were out there. I hadn't really picked up any you know any copies yet. So I I grabbed this annual. I started reading it. I'm like, this is incredibly intriguing. Went back and got um, the first uh, the first you know, trade paperback, volume one was super hooked. Volume two, volume three, volume four is coming out soon. So east of west, the pre- the premise is um, everything you know about American history is is and then just world history is correct up until the Civil War, and during the Civil War, um, a, a asteroid hits. Uh, what's I I guess as far as I can understand, it's about somewhere in Missouri. It hits in Missouri, and kind of changes the course of the civil obviously the civil war doesn't you know end like it did it kind of ends in a stalemate um at that time uh, a preacher from the south uh starts writing this prophecy and at the same time uh an indian chief writes the same prophecy and eventually mao Zedong writes the same prophecy but they're all writing a different part of it and at, at the same exact time they all uh they all die or at least two of two of them die at the same time and then mao i think finishes you know, his, it, all independent of each other. They don't. They don't know each other's writing this, and then it, all three versions get brought together to become the, the actual prophecy that depicts the end of the world. Imagine then, at the same time, the civil war ends in a stalemate. The South, be, you know, becomes its own sort of you know country. The United, the, uh, the what's left of the Union stays the Union. Texas becomes the Republic of Texas. Um, the slave, the free slaves, kind of reconstitute a new nation around the kingdom of New Orleans. China invades the West Coast and sets up the People's Republic of America. And then the, and probably my favorite twist, um, Red Cloud does what Genghis Khan did and unites by conquest or by 
by pe- you know by treaty all of the American Indian tribes into one single endless nation, and you know all of those that they basically they they signed this accord at the site of the asteroid or the the meteorite crash, uh, which is now called Armistice, and that's America now. It's it's this 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 subdivided thing. That's the stage that we're set on. the The whole graphic novel itself starts with um, the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse coming back. <laughs> Right, and they come back as children, and one of them's missing. So uh, I think it's death, pestilence, and um, I forget what the other one is. Famine. Famine. Thank you. Yeah, and and death is not with. I'm sorry, death is not with them. It's it's war, war, famine, pestilence, and death is missing. And you come to find out that death didn't. At some point, they all they all died. You know, uh, you know, along the last time they were here, they died, but death didn't die with them or didn't go back with them. So he's been wandering around this whole time, um, and he looks like you know kind of this cool version of Sawyer from Lost and Clint Eastwood sort of combined. In fact, if they make this as a TV series, they better goddamn cast that guy who played Sawyer because I keep seeing him as his character. But these uh, the other three Horsemen of the Apocalypse come back, and they're like, he's not here. And so they go hunting him, um, and then the whole story is – do how do they how do they help bring about the end of the world? How does death stop them? Um, you know how do these different factions of what is you know what is now you know North America? How do they sort of help bring this about? It's super compelling, and there's like a really crazy sort of mystic sci-fi element that comes into play. That's just bananas. Um, you know they they the the really cool thing that and it's kind of a sort of a spoiler. The really cool thing that I noticed was. Um, the endless nation becomes the most technically savvy, uh, I guess you know, you know country. I don't want to keep calling it a country, but um, you know, uh, territory, if you will. They at one point, you know, because all the all the all the American Indian tribes are now one. At one point, they all collectively decide to abandon spiritualism and you know all of their kind of traditions for logic and reason. So they become basically apple as a as a society. And there are a couple, you know, there's a couple of, you know, shaman and, and medicine men who are very resistant to that and kind of very and almost double down in the spiritualism of aspect of things. And so they they even gain the ability to like summon demons and all this kind of crazy shit. But the 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 regular endless nation become like the most technically advanced. So all of their, you know, their, you know, their devices, their computers, all that stuff is what they export to the rest of the rest of the country. So it's super, it's super interesting to see like what would have happened, you know, you know, obviously an imaginary universe. If, you know, if these things had come to pass, it's kind of, there's a realism there that I really like and kind of a really cool what if, um, but the art, you know, going back to the art is amazing. Jonathan Hickman has a very, it's like his graphic novel sort of background, or his uh, sorry, his graphic design background is coming you know, is full force here. There's a lot of pages. His transitions are just like clean white pages with, you know, light uh, light gray text that have uh, either a quote from the the prophecy or just his own sort of comments on things. The colors are just gorgeous. I just I fell in love with this freaking series, and I can't wait to see volume four. I've been holding off reading individual issues. So does Hickman do the art and write the stories? No, uh, uh, it's Hickman is the writer, and he's he designs the books. So he designs the transitions and just sort of the layout. And then Dragada and Martin um, do the actual art. I think they they take turns, or uh, I forget who does. Let me just see here. Oh, Frank Frank Martin's the colors, and Nick Dragada's the actual artist. And uh, Jonathan Hickman's the writer, and he designed you know, a lot of his, a lot of what you'll see in other Hickman books in terms of just the sort of the fonts and the, the the stylized look of the of the package is definitely, is definitely here too. 
Cool. But I'm I'm a huge oh god and and again this is this is as of Christmas I didn't even know this thing existed and now I'm like I want to see the series made so bad, um, and there's a twist that I don't want there's a really cool twist that comes along about halfway through that I will not reveal if you're if you want to get into it that's very worth it and it takes you're like oh my it blows it kind of blows apart what you think was going to happen and then it, you're 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 sort of rooting for a character you never thought you would root for, which is awesome so. Yeah, definitely no spoilers. No, fact, no, no. I, no. Just I'm when you gonna... said that, I thought maybe that's what we should call this show. No spoilers, man. <laughs> it's too tempting. I'm gonna um, as soon as we say that, I'm gonna like let slip something. I'll be like, oh damn it. I'll be like, that's yeah. <laughs> well, I that description of um, East of West is like that leads so perfectly into what I would say about Chew, which is mm-hmm. one of my favorite books, um, which is another image title, uh, and it it has that same. Uh, you know, it's a it's a familiar universe, but it is completely invented. <laughs> mm. It's um it's definitely like an alternate history of present day America, uh, where um the main character is Tony Chu. Uh, he is at one point like a police detective, vice cop, and then he uh, joins the FDA. Um, I believe that's correct. Uh, but he, he there's there's so many um. Government agencies in this that it's hard to keep track of them. But who, who wrote it? Um, so that I had mentioned them earlier. That's John Lehman and Rob Guillory. And, ah, okay. Uh, they have a cool collaborative art. Um, you know that, as I understand it, Lehman writes it, but then he also letters it, hmm. um, which is I, I don't know. I just I like that about the books that they're you know it's definitely a collaborative effort, and um, they pack so many visual puns and things into those and. And little you know posters in the background and Easter eggs and stuff like that. That it's 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 just amazing to look at. And the art is so crazy different from any kind of superhero book, you know. Mm-hmm. Which is which is another thing that that really appeals to me. In fact, all the I think you know a couple of books on my list at least uh, um, reflect that. And and I should also say that this this has such a great origin story for me coming to like it because. Um, the comic book shop that is like, you know, quote, my local in Orange County is Comics Unlimited in Huntington Beach. Mm. And um, there's two women who work there. And on with one of them, I agree with on like everything, you know, <laughs> comic book wise. <laughs> mm. And the other one often like I'll ask for recommendations. And this is such a case where she'll suggest something like, uh, and her name's Denise, and she'll uh, suggest something like, oh, yeah, check out, you know, this the new Nightwing or whatever. And I'm like, Nightwing? I don't, I don't, <laughs> you know, Nightwing. I don't have a crush on Dick Grayson. I don't need to see this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so I, I generally, you know, don't I differ with her on opinion, but she is the one that told me to pick up Chew. And I did it just, you know, I, I grabbed it, I looked at the art. I said, this looks cool. I took the first trade paper back home, you know, read it breathlessly in like one sitting and was nice. back for number two. And um, so I am... I, uh, I will admit I am one volume behind, and I have been reading it in trade paperbacks because I also put out the issues, of course. And um, I would be—it would be impossible for me to keep up with that. So, well, it's hard too, especially if it's been out for a while. If it's not a new series, yeah. Um, a, it's it's tedious unless they're just super cool and you're just that much into it. It's tedious to go back and collect every individual issue um, and try to put pieces together. Like I was thinking about doing that with East to West, but I'm like, oh man, they already have the three volumes out i'll just start with those and, and it's like it's like netflixing something too like i don't want to sit down and read one yes issue yes and then have to wait 
you know, a month for the next issue. I love sitting down and reading a volume where yeah. there's a thematic kind of arc to it. And, you know, at least to the best of my knowledge, that's that's sort of how people are, are, are planning these out. You know, there's a story arc and that's why it gets, um, you know, compiled into the trade paperback and it it's great. And anyway, so let me let me jump into Chu. Uh, this Tony Chu detective has uh, superpowers, uh-huh. which um, are food related. So you see, it's it's a pun on his uh-huh. name. <laughs> he's, right. he's Chu C H U, and he chews things. Um, and uh, up until I looked this up today, I was pronouncing what I was pronouncing what he is as a chibopath. But when I looked it up today, I guess uh, Wikipedia told me it's pronounced Sibopath. So that has rewired my brain now. And I don't like, I now feel like that... I'm going to mispronounce everything. But what it means is that when he, anything he eats, um, he senses the entire history of the food. So, interesting. Except beets. So he has to eat beets <laughs> because otherwise it will drive him crazy. So, he, yeah. So he, he's, um, uh, add into that world that um, the FDA has outlawed chicken. <laughs> add into that that his brother is this famous chef. <laughs> oh my god! So wait, wait, uh, what? How how far is what? Are we, what year is this meant to be? Is this far future? Oh, it's, no, it's present day. Present day, just alternative present day. Yes. What's and, the What's the condition for outlawing chicken? Um, I believe that I believe there's just a disease that hits, and uh, so he. Um, it, you know, it's it's outlawed. He ends up when so when he ends up um, joining the FDA uh, by another person who is a sibopath. Um, he is, uh, you know, that that's how his his, his real talent emerges. Um, gotcha. Uh, so not only can they do these kind of, uh, it gets pretty grisly pretty quick. Wait, so because, okay, so because it's not, like, it's if not he, just... so if he eats a piece of chicken, he knows who killed the chicken, and. <laughs> He knows how it was killed and where it was killed and like what it you know um, what part of the world it, it was in. So wow. immediately you can see where this is going. If he eats a dead body, <laughs> oh gotcha. He knows who killed him. See, you made me and, think. At first, I was thinking this is like just almost more of a comedy where he's just like, I know oh, where this chicken came from. It's like let's it's, let's go. It is hilarious. Shady shit. For sure. But it's you know it gets gross right away because gotcha. I mean it's you know it's like page six where he's got to eat a body or something. Um, but this this world with these like these crazy conspiracy theories and this hilarious um, interaction of like all these government agencies that are you know in cahoots with each other and fighting vampires and sibopaths and <laughs> and so you keep wow. getting introduced to uh, people with food related powers everything is food related and I won't even try to pronounce the ones that I've uh, you know there's a great directory of them all on Wikipedia um, so you can figure out what every what every power means, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. kind of the index of everything. And it's, it, it's, it's just hysterical. Um, and add to that, this, this crazy art that looks like nothing you'd ever see in a superhero book. Um, uh-huh. and it's just awesome. I love it. And, uh, yeah, that, that would, that would be my first recommendation. Chew, Excellent. Chew yeah. is amazing. And I, I believe they're, they're wrapping up. Um, oh, really? It's going to be, I'm like- not exactly sure how many more, uh, uh, trade paperbacks there will be like in total, but they have said they are going to end with issue sixty. Gotcha. So yeah, see, and is- I like that. I like that. It's it's interesting you brought up the Netflix analogy before too, because it and it's probably there's going to be a lot of people who are probably you know out there who are like fucking duh, 
of course it's like of course it's like a you know it, it's this it was always like this where it's like a series that you and the trade paperbacks are almost like seasons that you can binge and you can get you know three or four paid trade paperbacks you know teep at the same time and just binge them all and i feel like you know that flicks and that and just kind of the model of content and entertainment is following in this case not you know not the other way around necessarily but there's some there's some you know uh like you know our series is going to very much like the british model where it's like we're going to do three three you know thing and then, but i like that i like things you are between or or nays like that's the industry's ability and and truth be told i'm actually uh, got um I think and then the print come i like something that's different and that unlike you know issue um we're done and then it's done um and then those writers or artists are series and start something new just like a showrunner would be you know well and just like everything on in it uh, you know on the image imprint it's it's and yeah. i think yeah. that makes it it makes it so accessible it, I mean, I think that they're, you know, because finishing the world and like the, the yeah, umpteenth issue yeah. of Batman. I mean, <laughs> well, if you it's, pick it's up almost like what, well, and you're not you into it, like where do you start? Reading. You know, it, it's some, a little like daunting to figure out where to get into it. At some point it, in the so. future, there's going to be the one I like. So just wait around and you're going to find one that's, you know, that will be your version. You know, everyone can be happy and shirts and chunk of thing. And it's funny too. I, I like I when you say that's exactly, and that's exactly what I did with, which is in the about this because because everybody's t- obviously Walking Dead, which is a big <laughs> series, but also they're talking about I think a series tension or it didn't exist. Wicked in the and the this was this one comic shop with the guy that just had the bell. I was like, um, and the play off the read the back and I'm like, I'm in here. Loved they are hating now. It's happening. idea is these twelve gods from mythology. They kind of you know some of them are are some of them are you know just <laughs> different cultures. All of them come back and they take. And you know, in, in today now they're they're public. Everybody knows who they are. They're all a lot of them are pop stars. So they you know they perform live. You know they use their godlike powers, get devotees to follow them, and you know create fans. And <laughs> so no, wait. no, no. Well, sort of. It, they, like so, um, so, so Lucifer is actually uh, so Apollo doesn't it, come back. They as call Apollo, her, they call her Lucy, back but she as is, knows Justin that. Bieber. Yeah, yeah, and she and but she looks like David Bowie, and she like you know walks around like that, and then like um, um, you know like one of the gods like is like a, a like a right. daft like punk the public knows DJ. that it's Lucifer, um, and everybody knows yeah. who, but but everybody knows these are gods that have powers, and everybody knows that they're gonna die in two years, so like everybody, the public knows the drill, um, so it's kind of cool because it drops you into this world where everybody's aware of this and they've got their fan bases and everything, but a lot of the public has kind of gotten bored with it already. And they're just like, you know, they moved on to the next thing and they've kind of, everybody just kind of treats them like normal people. And, you know, there's a reporter trying to get questions, you know, like you write a story about them and everything. But the one main character, kind of your, your avatar as a reader into this world is this girl who's like a super, like a super fan, right? She goes to all the shows. She's like, she's obsessed with all of them. She wants to be one of them. You know, she, she ends up meeting, um, meeting Lucifer in the very beginning, and Lucifer is actually framed for a murder that looks very obviously like she committed, but she didn't. And so the first volume um, kind of walks you through that. It kind of introduces you slowly to the other pantheon. You know, you kind of see what their problems are, and it's weird. It, it, it's crazy cool because they're all aware that they're going to die in two years, and um, you get to see that sort of like you know what do they do with their lives in the meantime? Um, you know what? How do they? How do they try to make the world better? And they're constantly, you know, they're constantly kind of show, you know, telling, telling you like you know, some of them are, you know, rebels or rogues and they do their own thing. But a lot of them are just like, hey, 
we're not here. We don't want to tell you what to do. We want to inspire you to do to you know to do the right things or be the best people you can be. That's all we can ask for. And that's kind of that's why we're here. We're not trying to we're not trying to control you or you know lord over you. Like we're just trying to hear. You know, we're trying to influence you to be like you know to kind of be on a path that we feel is better. So there's kind of a cool, almost benign aspect to them that's interesting. Um, what really hooked me after the after the back description, the very first sort of scene that you're set with it shows you the last time they were here like in the 1920s and they're sitting around a table and there's only four of them left and all the ones that have died you see their skulls sitting in the you know on the around the table too in like these empty chairs so there's just four of them left and they're they're all like kind of looking at each other you know and you could tell something really shitty went down and and then they're all looking at each other like well i guess this is goodbye and they there's this kind of this mechanism that they do when they snap their fingers and they physically show them snapping their fingers. That's usually a manifestation of their power. So they're all sitting around the table and the first time they all, they all look at each other and they all go one, two, three, and they all snap and they commit suicide and the whole house that they're in blows up. It's this crazy, you're like, what the, what? And then they come back 90 years from there. So it really kind of starts right away. It builds that, it sucks you in and builds that kind of intrigue that, that I, I, I love, but have a really hard time trying to write myself for whatever reason. Um, and I just, I don't know, it, it was really, it sucked me in. The, the art is really good. Um, the way they sort of stylize the different gods is really cool. Like the other image titles I like, there's a really heavy sort of design element to the transitions. Um, I don't know, it's just, it's just super cool. And again, io9 really did a, a nice big puff piece on it that was, I, I thought was accurate. So definitely check that out. It's, uh, in fact, the author, I should know this by now. Kieran Gillen wrote it, and then Jamie McLevin and Matthew Wilson uh, designed, or, you know, uh, uh, were the artist and designer. There's some other people involved then too. I guess these these guys have done other stuff for Marvel too, um, and other other publishers and other other titles at some point too, which I will probably discover sooner or later. <laughs> yes. Well, cool. You just you mentioned the other comic that um, that you know that would have been my second my second pick as we go down in order of this, which is Saga, um, which is another one like Chew, where uh, where words fail me to describe how amazing this is. Um, um, also, you know, not superhero based. Also, with really unique art. Um, this one is done by uh, Fiona Staples. Uh, Brian Vaughn okay. writes it. Brian K. Vaughn writes it. Um, and it is a sci-fi um, uh, action drama. Is how I would describe it. You know, it's 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 not it's not goofy in any way like like Chew or you know. There's no. It's not humorous in that way. Um, although there's there's plenty of humor in it. But it concerns these two aliens. Um, from uh, the the planet Landfall and its moon Wreath, uh, and I forget which man or woman comes from which, but um, some of these aliens, you know, from uh, from one of those planets have wings and the others have horns and have magic, and uh, it's just um, I heard Vaughn interviewed about it and he talked about how you know, he was just throwing like any idea that he had into this. Um, so there's mm. really, uh, you know, kind of seemingly like, um, uh, contemporary nods to cell phone, you know, cell phone batteries dying or something like that. Um, but it's also, 
you know, it's it's like action. These this uh, planet and its moon are at war. These people come from the you know the opposite sides of that, and they fall in love, and they have a child, and they um, there's this great pacifist streak running through it, which I love. There's <laughs> a, a whole story arc where they um, meet this is author. It, is, so because um, my biggest confusion uh, is is is, is that it's is it? um, I I keep thinking again, by the look one, of it, <laughs> they've both read this book by this author Earth, um, Alana and Marco have and uh, okay. Mm. Yes, um, but fantasy is a good word for it because it does have the, those elements of magic and like you know there will be a, a ghost in it and stuff like that, um, which which I think is part of what you know what got me into it was that interview that I had read or, or heard with Fawn where he talked about throwing all those influences into it, and I you know it's just such a great um, wow. collection of all the all those ideas you know where there's there's spaceships you know they're at one point they're there's in very a, much a pants a spaceship like I, when I flip through it, there's very a much a pants tree, labyrinth kind of and it, look you know it's kind of it, like just in the, in the short fuel, sort of fuel source is sort yeah, of and I don't know if that's you know, intentional or not magical that, or something that was intriguing and, uh, too it's, you know just that sort of stylized um, you know those fantasy looking yeah. characters that you're sort of used to seeing but in this kind of interesting. Interesting. I, I hate to interrupt you, but there's one other big question I had. What is the deal with the kid? Because they have this, I feel like this kid, every time I see a cover or I, I flip through something, it feels like they have this kid. Is that, does it, is there, is that a big, good chunk of the arc or is that something that's only just now starting? Oh, Wow. The um, oh, that's a great question, and I, I wish I had thought to get into it that way because actually the child is the narrator of the whole thing, mm-hmm. um, but it's done in a, a style that I see a lot in DC comics where there's um, you know not exactly a oh a, cool there's a, there's a narr- narration bubble you know not a thought bubble or something on on different panels that will say well you know this isn't how my my parents. <laughs> first met or whatever and it'll so you you realize pretty quickly now when you say graphically you're talking baby like a, like a who, gross um, very alien graphically you're seeing everything born, or like <laughs> the very beginning of the series or all of the above um, is uh is narrating the entire thing you know gotcha um yeah i think it i think it just starts with the with the birth uh but then much later nice. you'll probably see some consummation. I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely, you know, uh, not for kids. Which I, which I, is another thing I really appreciate. Like it's, um, it's written for adults, and it's. I know sometimes you feel like when you're reading other comic books, you, uh, you know, there's a, you know, the tone. There's a different tone that you see, which is like, oh, is this written for a younger audience or is it written for me? Um, and this is definitely written for me, and it's just got so many crazy sci-fi elements and. Um, and I also love how, you know, the characters are, are so physically unique, you know, and I think that's that fantasy thing you're picking mm. up on where they, um, you know, they just, they look completely different. You know, there's a, a creature that looks sort of like a spider with a, you know, with a woman's body on top of it. Or there's a, a creature that looks like a little seal with, uh, you know, little hands and feet or whatever. And um, nice. it's just the different races are, <laughs> are depicted as so physically separate and it's... Uh, it's, I don't know. It's just fantastic to read. But again, yeah. I mainline this thing. You know, I buy a, a, a trade paperback of it and I read ah. it in you know two hours or something. Yeah. 
um, because I just can't get enough of it. And yeah, isn't that the worst? Very isn't that the worst feeling ever. Like, I love this, Which and, like, and, and it's worse with comics because you're like, worse because I love a lot of them are like every month. But then I have to wait even longer for the next fix. And you're like, ah, ah. Which is, I don't know. It's especially if you're in in a series where there have been trade paperbacks, and then now you're you're relegated to, which is what East of West is for me now because you're relegated to sort of the the single issue episodes. Um, but at the same time too, you're like you, you, that anticipation can build and you know, you can kind of devour the story a little slower that way too. And I don't know, it seems to, hey, how long has, how many, how many volumes has uh, saga been out? Okay. <laughs> there are four right now, which translates to 24 issues or something like that. Like I think there's six issues in each. Nice. Um, oh, God, I hope I'm right about that. I think there's six though. issues in every volume. <laughs> so, um, but they've already they've put a, a date on the next volume. So we know that's coming in September. Yeah. I know. I know. And it's. I held on to. Uh, actually, I held off on buying volume four for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, it, it came out in December, and I I only got it in like March or something, and. You know, then I waited and I waited to read it, and then I sat down and read the whole thing in like two hours. <laughs> wow! And um, yeah, in fact, yeah. I, think, I believe I read, read it, it again. on like a long car trip, and you know, and I was done, like in between bathroom stops. <laughs> it's like, what am I going to do now? So you know, it'd be great if you uh, if you have see not that's read where I, and I'm always get the in collector and, and in me is always looking for that uh, kind of stuff too, where it's like you what know, can four I, volumes. In fact, they have a really, really nice like, like, hardbound you know, like, what, edition, the, which the is the, big, the first cool, three volumes like, together, collectible version of this so. thing that I can get into. Um, that's why I'm like I, I'm always you know, the idea of an omnibus is always interesting to me, but a lot of times a series has to be well well finished and then you know, and then some before they do that. Exactly, so you kind of have to. Well, and another benefit of that that I love about the Image comics and their trade paperbacks, especially, is that they are um, they're inclusive of the whole story. Which, if uh, you know, if gotcha. you don't know, when you pick up like a trade paperback from DC or Marvel, often they want to kind of, you know, they want to keep the story together, so they might yeah, just pull yeah. a whole issue out, <laughs> which which sort of you know yeah. Um, yeah. I, you know, I don't know how that would like that just that just bothers me. You know, I, I if if there's a you know if I'm buying a trade paperback, I want it to be issues yeah, one through yeah. six. You know, well, I don't want it to be like issues two, four, five, and six. You know, I want I want it to be the collection of everything, even if one of them kind of you know went off the rails. Well, or something. on that note, so but um, but the reason for that is that these gonna, you know image creator owned comics they're not going off the rails. Exactly like they're telling the story they want to tell. And uh, piece. it's called and so you're news. you're getting it all. So. And this one I did get in Portland, and this is the 10th anniversary hardcover version of the Nightly News. And it was sitting up on their shelf. Um, it was on their like their featured shelf. And I saw Hickman's name. I'm like, well, I'm a Hickman fan already. Let me just see what this is. Grabbed and started flipping through it. It's his actual, his, his very first, his very first um, series. It's like a three or four book series, but it's meant to be a, you know, you know it's meant to be read in a, in a, in the collected format. Um, but talk about, being just blown away. Uh, this is this is a this is a book that combines kind of everything that he's known for. Um, the very the very non traditional you know story. Uh, you know has this one has no fantasy elements of any kind. It's just a pure it's a pure you know just a pure kind of crime drama kind of story. It's got 
his amazing graphic design sort of element. He wrote and drew. He he drew or or designed and basically was in charge of everything. Um, parts of the you know parts of this include like actual infographics. Um, the the transitions are cool. There's a lot of layered kind of dirty you know kind of graphics going on like traditional graphic design with um, you know photo photo referenced drawings of people. On top, which I know a lot of people aren't really into the photo reference drawings. They'd rather, you know, see kind of pure, you know, from scratch drawings. But it doesn't bother. I like it. It doesn't bother me at all. I think if you get the right poses and the right kinds of look um, for people, it, it works well. He's got a lot of the the monochrome, um, um, you know, mono, you know, the use of color to sort of designate which era you're in. So it really, everything that I know from John from Hickman that I've I've kind of come to identify as his signature style, like started with this book. And the best way to describe the story is imagine Fight Club and the News Hour kind of combined. And it, and and the sort of the setup is this sort of you know Ed uh Tyler Durden-esque character is is at the top of this building and he shoots a guy, you know, in broad daylight just snipers him down. And then when the news crews start to arrive to cover the story, he starts taking them out. And you realize he's part of this organization that's led in, in that's led by this this nameless faceless sort of voice and you keep hearing the voice says and and the voice <laughs> communicates to them through these cassette tapes that they just send them and and the whole point of this organization is to take out the the news you know the news infrastructure of America as we know it and just because it's 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 gotten out of control and it doesn't represent truth anymore it's very it's very meta and very critical of just what news is and what power is and so you go through this whole thing and you, you find out how these people got you know, became part of this organization um, you know where they came in from the, you know, what connects them all together who really the voice is you, you you know during the whole thing they do reveal who the voice is at the very end but that's not even like you kind of don't care as much it's important but you don't that's not the central thing driving the story the central thing driving the story is who are they going to succeed? Are they actually going to going to bring down the news system of of this country? Um, and it kind of bounces back and forth in time. It does things like it talks about. There's a big commentary on just the education system, and it does these cool things when it shows you an infograph. So it starts talking about you know education in America, and he'll have this. He'll flash out this infograph, and he'll on that same infograph will be a little note that says to find out more about drugging your male children into submission, read below. However, if you're like me and only care about your own personal entertainment, keep reading on the next page. So you don't have to read the infographics, but they reinforce what you're seeing. It's it's so cool. And then at uh, and the uh, the edition I have, he has the entire script for issue one, so you can see exactly how he wrote it. And then he's got like a whole section on just how he designed it, like why he chose the different color palettes he chose, why how he um, you know how he chose his his reference shots, his the, you know the reference photos, you know all the different options he did. It's, so the whole thing is a is a very sort of considered piece. And it, I feel like those those additional sort of things they included in the in the in the hardcover version are important because you get you get the whole sense of what the artistic sort of intent was in the whole piece. You know, you get to see, oh, it's amazing. And so I just I I I you know, may, you, I, lo- I, lo- I love your use of the word mainline because it's exactly what I did. I I grabbed this in addition to a couple of other yeah, things. Yeah, I always love that and stuff. As soon as I opened this thing up, I was done with it like you know, an hour and a half later, and I reread it and reread it and you. Dove into the 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 extras, you know, the DVD extras, if you will, um, and I just, oh my God, if 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 you're a graphic designer, if you're a just if you're interested in good solid storytelling, if you're interested in in comics, 
that that are not at all what you would expect. This is this fits all of those things. Um, yes. Exactly. And we should clarify, it's like a, it is, it's not Hickman an did a lot of that. His it early stuff was very much it was like a, a three and four issue series that just they published as a graphic novel. And another one, I won't, I won't get into done, this one so too much right now, but another one I picked up at the same time, also by Hickman, yeah. uh, it's called Pax Romana. Same thing. Very much a, a start and finish story. Um, this one is interesting because like, unlike Nightly News where he uses infographics as kind of his twist on the genre, in Pax Romana, there are entire pages that are just script, like scripted dialogue. So you'll see like a reference graphic of a couple people sitting around a table talking or whatever, and then you'll just see their conversation play out as just you know white pages with script and you know, no drawings per se. So there's very much a, both of these, Pax Romana and Nightly News, you can easily see how these would translate to TV shows or movies immediately. You know, it's like there's just the the way they're set up, the pacing of them, the you know even the way they're the 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 issues within the the collected version kind of lay out are very much episodes. <laughs> yeah. I, it just so I mean, I, this kind of really cemented my love. I mean, my fanboy love of John Hickman because I'm just like, oh, this if this is what he is, I I I will I'll pick up anything he does from this point on. And this was his very first thing, Nightly News. What's on your list? What else you got? Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, yeah, yeah absolutely. What I was going to suggest was we because we're we're running long. So let me I, let me tell you what else I'm reading, and then maybe we just button it up and we <laughs> put all this other stuff in another episode. Um, which so I'm gonna. Uh, hey man, I'll, from I'll the, suck the that image, image dick uh, as long as as long as job we've been giving right stuff. here. And, 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 yeah, I'm not even <laughs> wanting. My you know, brain was trying to come up with something nicer even, to say. I'm not even anticipating that. that. I, just, I I fell into this this wormhole <laughs> like you know two or three months ago, and just and the fact that I everything I find, I'm like I just fall in love with is astounding, and it's. Uh, Well, I love the idea. I mean, like, what gets me so excited about this yeah. topic specifically is, you know, if you if you oh, like sure. comics, if yeah. you like that kind of pop culture and that art, how do you get into it? Like, where do you start? You know, and that's, I mean, my God, we could do episodes mm -hmm. on that every week because um, I feel, you know, I feel like I kind of made my own map of getting back into comics, you know, when I would had lost the story for years. And so, um, you know, I definitely have a different... Uh, root yeah, in than you yeah. do, but it's it's just so intriguing to me. Like, and an image apparently is just this great like, if, if if somebody's out there device to get into. You know, it's like just yet, just pick an image book whose art you like good, and good read it. Like that's TV. that's as simple image as it has to, to be. Like you know? the comic world, comic books world's version of the BBC, because I feel like the BBC or just British British creators in general. There's there's you know every showrunner like you know Broadchurch blew me away Doctor Who blew me away like everything that the, the that the BBC largely does I think I don't know if Broadchurch was BBC that might have been ITV four but anyway just the, just it, it, a lot of what you see in Image fits that British TV creator you know writer creator sort of vibe of you know very very specific stories told. And you know, over short runs, it's like we're not just going to let this run forever. It's going to be a start and a finish, and we're going to pack a lot of really good, nuanced character development into these things and show you something that you probably haven't seen before that then everybody else is going to copy. Um, right. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's definitely something kind of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wish I had a better adjective for this, but it's kind of un-American, you know, because we we think in terms of like a franchise that'll last forever, you know, and um, that's that's hard to maintain, and it's it's never gonna. Oh, I don't know, man. You know, it's, it's never gonna give you that like, satisfaction. He's wearing like, no, his you know, Spider-Man costume right it, now. Nobody's going, ever gonna hey, read every Spider-Man hey. comic ever and go, "That was fantastic." <laughs> <laughs> if only if only someone were listening that would be great right so um i didn't plan it this Ooh. way or maybe i did but diverging from image i'm gonna mention this. what is this what is possibly in this year <laughs> my favorite comic book of all times <laughs> axe cop which is axe cop <laughs> <laughs> I've given so much press to this thing. Wow, they anyway, don't I just all there. love it, and I love. Okay, um, yeah, it's a cop with an axe. What? It was, <laughs> hold on, I'm going to sell you on it right now. <laughs> Invented by a five-year-old uh, and drawn by his 29-year-old brother. <laughs> so, unlike the. Um, the comics that we've mentioned so much with this, you know, non-superhero uh, art that's, you know, <laughs> so different and, and so made just for the issue. I think what one of the strengths of Axe Cop is the stories are so damn weird because they come from this five-year-old. So the art is definitely, uh, it, you know, a, of the conventional variety of an action comic. So yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. there is no... Um, you know, I mean, it's like all good comedy is done uh, where the people making the comedy don't know they're in a comedy. You know, Axe Cop has no idea how funny this is. So, um, what, what if, like, and, what if it becomes it, a teenager? You know, I, like, I think at this point, uh, Malachi, the, the, the five year old who's now like, 11, I believe, you know, um, like, you know like, I think he's aware art, of how funny it is. <laughs> like, he's a really funny I'm kid, but I feel like Axe Cop needs to experience some life changes too, and then it goes like goes off the rails for a few years. Like, what the hell? <laughs> I, I hope so. Uh, oh, wow, he gets into his, that You know, I mean, so far, so far his takes on I'm looking at, you know, I'm marriage looking at and dating, other very big events in a, in a human wow. life are, are really hilarious. Um, It's amazing. Oh, yeah. So it started as a webcomic. Um, Dark Horse has put out, uh, I think, five volumes at this point, um, <laughs> which are, are great because they collect the webcomic. They collect this awesome uh, series they've done on the web, which is called Ask Axe Cop, <laughs> where readers just write in a question, Malachi answers it, and then Ethan draws that answer. So I, I believe that's the first time Axe Cop gets married is uh, some, someone had, Whoa. it was from an Ask Axe Cop where someone had asked who he would marry and why. And, and he explains that it would be Abraham Lincoln, um, but it would be a, a woman, Abraham Lincoln or something like that. It's just is it really? you know, it's so is strange. It? Um, oh my God. But then they, oh, you know, it is also this. a Fox ADHD TV uh, uh, cartoon at this oh, point. Oh, Jesus. And what? Yes, <laughs> it is on season two of that and um, on... FXX and uh, Nick Offerman is the voice <laughs> of Axe Cop, and there's I, if it's either a story in one of the you know introductions to the book, 
or I heard it uh, personally from Ethan um, at the at a Comic Con. Oh uh, wow, that's it, the story awesome. is that when he first, you know, when the creator first that's met with Nick be. Offerman, and Offerman shows up with his volume of Axe Cop that's already like dog-eared and you know, notated. Like he he came to it as a fan, so um, it's it's just fantastic. The the two brothers that make it are absolutely the most lovable people. <laughs> like um, I've I've met Ethan several times. Oh, at that makes sense. And okay. Malachi, even though he would never remember it, um, I've you know I've written a song about Axe Cop and named a you know That's EP awesome. that I put out after Axe Cop and um, yeah, they're they're you know like undoubtedly like this was one of my favorite things to ever happen to to comic books. Um, yeah, and it's you know the the it's just so brilliant. Um, and to me, the other thing that, that makes it so great and the reason I can talk about it like with so much – I mean I, as much as I love Chew and Saga, like I have to read those and, and uh, oh, I, you know, so it's cool. – Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I read, I read them with a, di- a different sort of excitement than I read Axe Cop because it makes me experience comics all over again, I guess, is what it is. is you know, thinking of like one of the things um, – that's a, a note in one of the books is how uh, Ethan, the older brother, is, was you know constantly having to sort of you know n- teach Malachi about the nuance yeah. of story. You know, you can't like Axe Cop can't battle <laughs> uh, a whole planet of bad guys like he does. You know, bad guy planet, and um, yeah, and they yeah. just all die because of some ma- you know there has to be some kind of tension or something. But but it's so funny that you know. But when you think about it, like yeah, that's what a, a five year old does. You know, like that's that's. Oh, you know that's how I played around in my in my yeah, backyard when I was a kid, you know, um, and uh, and I I just get that feeling of being a kid and getting into comic books, but it's illustrated so well, and it's you know it's just like such ah, oh, it's just so beautiful, and the way that Ethan obviously is kind of structuring these, you know, sort of. Wow. Um, Improvisations that he and Malachi do. He's structuring it into the story and really making it like a you know well, a tight story I'm, with a beginning and an ending and an right arc. Now, and, and I'm seeing um, it. I'm seeing them ride a cyborg dinosaur. It's just so fantastic. Is that thing, or is that like a everyone thing, or what is on the planet should be reading that part book. of it? <laughs> so great. <laughs> oh. oh, sure. That's uh, I just. Um, I, uh, I need to check uh, out this, this cartoon. Just Rexy? the idea, just the um, idea of this guy. <laughs> speaking in Ron Swanson. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's like, uh, yeah, that's you know, it's just like that, that whole thing. That's their oh, T Rex like, with machine gun hands. I mean, just as soon as you said Nick Offerman, like in my head, I'm like, of course, of course, that's whose voice. You know, it's like, who else would it be? Oh my god, yeah, it's amazing. That's amazing. They gotta they gotta mainline this thing into a film sooner than later, while Nick Offerman's still a young guy and he can he can show up on screen. Yeah, yeah, and actually play I, him in real life. Of course. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, actually, I'm sorry. I'm... Wexter. That's better. <laughs> actually play him. Um, oh. Yeah, I'm sorry. I have to correct myself because I did look it's it up. Like, it's right. not Rexy. It's uh, Wexter. Um, oh, my God. Wait, is that the dog? That's oh, awesome. God. Sorry, Ethan. Um <laughs> well, go like if anybody's listening right now, they're like, "What is this?" Yes, go to, Wexter go is the T Rex with machine gun arms that flies like through space or that, that Axe yeah. can ride. Oh, that's awesome! So, 
just go to axcop.com. Like you can read all of it right there. I mean, it's, it's so unbelievable. Um, and I know that I caught up on the show through Hulu. So I'm hoping that the new episodes are on there. I haven't actually checked, checked in in the past month. So. Yeah, it's. Oh, I watched the greatest like pair of panels at. Um, I must have been at San Diego a couple years That's ago, awesome. where it was like the the Fox ADHD panel first, and then an Axcop panel after that. Um, <laughs> and, oh, it was just Neat. it was just beautiful. Wow. They did like a they did an improv with cosplayers in the audience uh, and well, Malachi a cool story directing too, like, them the and having like fight somebody. So far apart it was age, just, yet, you know, it was just so like way, awesome to watch. Like, that's well, awesome. that's, how, that's how they come up with this stuff, you know? Um, yeah, I, yeah, I cannot recommend yeah. this enough, especially, you know, for, uh, you know, people, people are a little out of the, I don't know. If you're a little older and you're like, I just want to read a fun comic book. Like this is well, great. I've got, you, you can, this one you can pick I've got up anywhere. Like three or four you know, other things I'm to, currently reading, but I'm to read at the, the collected risk, editions and get that. So we'll those say, stories, I'll save those but for later. Or if, you know, it doesn't really matter we, we which one you start with. Up, and what we need to do is put, or even just like a page, and we can start putting up our lists there and run some commentary. I know you have your own blog as well, so I'm sure you, you know, everything you're talking about is there too. Um, we'll get that, but I think I'll, I'll end with. And I, just because I bought sure. it this week and just because it literally got me high. When was the last time you read a book and you felt like you were – I mean you, you didn't feel like you were high after reading this book. That That's what this is. I was at Barnes & Noble and it was one of those serendipitous kind of days where I'm like, I need to take a break. I just – you know, I, I don't even go to Barnes & Noble much anymore, but I found myself over there. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to browse <laughs> around. And I, you know, I often go just to the graphic novel section to see what they might have that I haven't noticed yet. And because I'm always looking for something different, my eye caught this book by Richard McGuire called Here. And you pull it out, and it looks like the cover looks like you know just a normal book that might have gotten placed there by mistake. I'm like, well, what is this? And I open it up, and it is it is a graphic novel in that the whole thing is is drawn. There's there's story, but it's not. There's no dialogue panels. What you're seeing for you know three to four hundred pages is the exact same room of a house over three billion years and each and, and, and I, I can't even i don't know it's, it's gonna be hard for me to explain this so you start off and you see like the and, and the, the focal point never changes it's always that same exact perspective and what you do is you go back and forwards you know, backwards and forwards in this book and it shows you the life of the people who lived in this house, you know, what the world looked like before this house. It layers different timelines over other timelines. It always shows you what year you're looking at. So right off the bat, it gives you 1957. And you know, the house has got certain wallpaper, certain color scheme, and it shows you somebody come in. Then it jumps to the next page to 1942. It shows the house, different wallpaper, clearer furniture. shows you 2007. Um, and then it starts to introduce characters, and it will bounce around. It'll show you like a, a storyline of one set of characters or one family, and it will break off, and it will come back later on. It might show you like you know a future, you know the ending of a story that they haven't started yet that will make sense later on. Um, you know, it shows you at some point. It shows you you know the the house in in fi- you know fifty thousand BC when the Ice Age was you know occupying that space. It shows you that in three, you know, 3 billion BC when the Earth was still forming, so it's just all one big lava magma flow. Um, they do cool things like 
in one scene, like they'll show you the house in 1986 while somebody's sleeping on the couch while right next to that person in 1609, two, you know, two Indians are humping each other. Um, it's, it's crazy. And then it shows you like some of the things fit together. Some of them don't. You can go backwards and forwards. You can skip pages. You can go fast or slow. It shows you the house being constructed. It shows you it burning down, being constructed again. Like, you know, people in the far future coming back to this site and showing you what a house would have looked like. You know, a dinosaur walks by at one point. It layers all these things together. By the time you're done with this, you... I, again, I sat there, and after about 20 minutes of flipping through this thing, I had a buzz. Like, I was literally disoriented because you feel like... You, you see time pass before your eyes at whatever pace you want. It, I, I can't even, I can't describe it more than that. And I, if you go to Amazon and you're like, ooh, this looks, that, this sounds interesting, I want to buy it. Go to Amazon, you're going to see some mixed reviews because there's some people who are like, this isn't a graphic novel, fuck this. You know, because there's not a story in the traditional sense. There's not, you know, it's not what you'd normally expect. But it very much is. It is, you know, it's a graphic novel that, that it, it takes the format in a direction that I haven't seen it taken yet. And it really stretches the boundaries of what you can do with the format. And because it's a book, um, I was going to buy this digitally, but I was like flipping through it. I'm like, I think it has to, it, it only has to be a book because if it was digital, you couldn't flip through it at the speed you can here. You know, if you're going really fast, it's almost like a, um, you know, like a cartoon, you know, when, you know, when you, you draw sequentially on pages and you flip through it that way, you know, you see the actual animation, you can go really fast and just see these layers of time build over each other and create this sense of, of story. Cause the, again, the perspective never changes. You're always either seeing that same fireplace or that same corner. If the house is there, or you're seeing that space, if the <laughs> house isn't there, you know, it shows you the town that was there, you know, before the house was there, the woods that were there. It's, it's ridiculous. Again, it's called here by Richard McGuire. Um, if you're in a Barnes and Noble or in a bookstore, at least flip through it just so you can see what I'm talking about. But holy crap, I got back here and I'm just like, I just sit down because I'm like, I, I don't even know. And I'm even flipping through it right now, feeling a little bit buzzed, just flipping through this thing. Cause it gives you this sense that you're, you're, you're experiencing all of time at once. And I don't even know. I didn't, I, I didn't know I could be affected that way by a book. So Check that out, definitely. Again, you, it was, it's cool. We ended on two different notes. We've got Axe Cop, which is very, very much one thing, and this, which is very much a very wow. different thing. So I kind of like – again, you're, you and I, our tastes are very – I like that they're different enough. So if you're, if you're listening to this and you're like, ah, you, you can't complain yeah. that we're yeah. we're giving you you know the same thing or that we're, well, you know, I- we're, we're too – I don't know. We're, we're feeding you this from the same the same meal anyway. There's different, you know. It's kind of like the buffet. Take what you will. Well, and I mean, even when we first started talking about this, like I, I, um, I will enjoy again talking to you about comic books because, um, because you're coming to Not it with a all. sort of no. a fresh set of eyes on this, you know, and. Even though um, hopefully the books I'm reading aren't aren't you know cliched or, or something like I uh, I I'm definitely I you know I get I get hooked on the things I get hooked on and then and then I don't I you know when yeah. I first got back into it I was I was experimenting with a lot of stuff like picking up a lot of different things and then I just kind of found like nice. you know yeah. not necessarily a niche but like I'll get hooked on a book and that's it and so it's literally for years. Um, I just go pick up Chew, I pick up Saga, I pick up X-Cop, and that's been it, you know? And I'll dabble around with single issues of, of DC or Marvel, um, 
but those have really been the collections that I'm I'm hooked on, you know. And so it's great to hear your perspective of like these these one-offs, especially like nightly news, and now here like something that um, I can you, you know reclaim mm-hmm. that feeling of just being blown away on like you know something yeah, that's already yeah. nicely wrapped up. It's n- I guess that's what it is. It's hard to say. Well, yeah, well, and that's you know honestly that I'll go back stories. to that story. Let I visited me, in Portland. Let like me go big, get invested in something sort of else. You know, I mean, that's store. Um, it, it, there's always sort of a I, I literally, I was, I, would, I was just overwhelmed. I didn't even know where to start. So fortunately, this dude was a really good curator. He knew where, where everything was um, meticulously. But I was just like, I mean, I had at one point I had like eight things in my hand. I'm like, I can't. I don't have time for all this. Like, I gotta pick like two or three things that I will read now while I'm on vacation. Yeah. And I literally said out loud, I'm like, what? How do you? How do you? Where, where does this end? He's like, oh, there's always good stories. He's like, just you know. You, Locking on the things that you have time for, and you know, when you're done, there's always something new. I was like, all right, I guess there's, I guess that's a good problem to have instead of being like, well, I've hit the end. There's nothing else. Uh, what do I do? You know, where do I go from here? So it's that's it's cool to know. That. And again, I'm looking at, I'm looking at four other things that we haven't even talked about that I'm I'm reading now that are that are completely different and all intriguing. And I'll you know I'll put them on the website or we'll talk about them in future issues. But oh my god, like there's, I've to to have fallen down this rabbit hole into this world of like these again what i what i traditionally thought of as comics or graphic novels up until even two you know two or three years ago this this blows the door wide open on that and i think largely a lot of that is just the the market or the the art you know the the artists or writers themselves kind of at you know now going to a place where they hadn't before i think you know they're just the 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 stories being written now are probably yeah you know, they're kind of aligning with my expectations more than they would have at any other time previously, just because there is so much freedom and there is so much you know to choose from and so many different other stories to be inspired by and artists who want to you know break conventions more than normal. So I, I feel it's a, it's that ethos that things like The Dark Knight Returns and Watchmen came out of in the late '80s. Now everybody's sort of swimming in that same pool like what can we do that's new and different and what can we do to break out you know break out of the mold that everybody knows and where can we take it from here that's i think that's the most exciting part about all this stuff well and i think Uh, um yes you know part of that excitement uh that i feel when i go through these things is uh is that same feeling of when um, mm-hmm. music started to become digitized and was able to be shared and e- explored, you know, virtually much much faster than it ever had been before, and and that's that's what's happening in in comics as well. Obviously, and it has been happening for a long time, but I, I feel like comics were a, l- a little bit slow on the uptake of like, you know, how do yeah, we distribute yeah. this digitally? How do we make it look good? How do we get the word out and stuff like that? And so um, it, we're we're in that you know, new golden age of it, I think. At least that's how, that's how I feel. I mean, um, that's why Comic-Cons are bigger than say, ever. And yeah, uh, for all the, um, you know, the bitching about from from yeah, certain yeah, yeah. friends of mine about how it's not about the comics anymore. Like, it literally is about the comics, a lot of it, you know? Like, it's if you're not into comics, you're going to be really oh, confused. Well, on Comic-Con. that note, let's, uh, so, let's wrap um, up. Do you have it's, anything you, you know, want to push or promote? Yeah, it is, it is like a golden age, and there's, there's something... Like literally, we could talk all night about this. I'm sure. So, as always, um, go to my website heytade.com. Yeah. Um, and I'm on Twitter at heytade. Uh, and so I've been putting these uh, 
basically that's the only place to find the podcast right now, unless we're directing people to well, we'll SoundCloud. Going, so, um, in the meantime, I'm just, you know, I'll keep putting up the podcast on heytoday.com and you can discuss them there or discuss them on SoundCloud, whatever you want to do. Blog entries and other stuff. And I'm going to be adding to that soon anyway, too. So check that out. I'm sure we'll have more as we do more episodes. You know, the, the website will grow. And if you're listening to this now and, and, and we've done 20 episodes, then, you know, you've seen kind of what we've, what we've gone into or if, if we've stopped and, and we, we've hated each other now. We're, we, we, went, we, we split apart like the Eagles or something. You, you know, you'll, you'll be able to listen to this and go, well, I knew them when. I knew them back when, they're, when they were cool and underground and hip. So either way, because I, I say that because I'm listening. <laughs> yes, we can. That's been the show. Thanks. Thanks. Well, wait, wait, wait let's see. I, the, the Fleetwood Mac. How about, no, no, I, I can't go out on who, an Eagles who, reference. Who in your world? Oh, my God. That's killing me. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm, I'm Taylor know. Trask. Whatever those things are in that in that movie with the baby wizard awesome. uh, that, we'll like, sucked the life out of him, that's what just happened to me. Yeah, and I'm Todd A., and uh, that's episode one, huh? <laughs>